Let's stand together. We're gonna read God's word out of Matthew chapter seven, beginning in verse 15, all the way through verse 20. Let's read. Beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep, but are really vicious wolves. You can identify them by their fruit, that is, by the way they act. Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? A good tree produces good fruit, and a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit, and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. As we've already asked today, help us to see, hear your truth through your word and apply it in our life. In Jesus' name we pray and all God's people said, you may be seated. If you're new with us today, my name is Danny. I'm one of the pastors here at First Baptist Church. I have the privilege of preaching in this space every week and loving and serving um, this part of our church family. We would love to know that you're with us today if you're new. If, you're, if this is your first time worshiping with us or maybe the first few times, but you haven't let us know that you've been here, you can simply let us know by taking the little card that's right in the chair back in front of you. It might be there, it might not. If it's not there, you can either fill that out, but it's not there. You can also do it uh, on, right on your device. You can go to fbcsa.org slash connect and just let us know. It's a simple way to say, hey, I was worshiping with you, and then it gives us an opportunity to connect with you at a later time. Our mission as a church family is to faithfully follow the Lord Jesus Christ and to lead all others in a joyful life with him. As I say every week, we're still learning that. We're still figuring out how to faithfully follow Jesus in all of life and join him in what he's doing in the world by engaging other people so that they can see and know and love and follow Jesus joyfully in the same way that we do. We want to encourage you to continue to give to further that mission through this church family. You can do that by going to fbcsa.org give, or you can even give right here in the room. We have little, little boxes scattered throughout the room on your way out, you can give to join us in what God is doing. So it's, it's no, no mystery. It's been Freedom Weekend. It's been Freedom Weekend. Um, do you students feel particularly enlightened? That's good. That's really good news. Their theme this, this weekend was in, in, in light end. See how that works? Really cool. Really? Did y'all notice that? Even looking at the t-shirts, that light was in the middle, middle of that? I mean, who is the light of the world anyway? Jesus. Wow, man, y'all are on point. Y'all are on, on point, on point today. Well, um, every year in our home, uh, we have the same group of girls, and this year, we had the senior high girls. It's their last Freedom Weekend. They're all in tears right now, so don't look at them. Don't look at them, but it's always an honor to have uh, the same girls every year in a home. And so, girls, wherever you are, we love you, 
And we're so grateful that God has allowed us just two days out of the year uh, in a concentrated kind of way to spend some time with you. But hopefully all of you students um, have been encouraged and enlightened over this weekend. This text really has a lot to say about enlightenment. There's a lot to say about enlightenment. But before we get there, let's just kind of walk through, remind ourselves where we have been. Jesus has been reintroducing us to the kingdom of God. He has been saying a lot. You've heard it said, but let me remind you what the kingdom of God is like. He's talked about the values of the kingdom. He's talked about the fruit of the kingdom as being salt and light, that when we live out kingdom values, we bring life everywhere we go. We're salt and we shed light on truth and the ways of the kingdom wherever we go. Jesus has been saying to us, over and over again, live the kingdom with me. Live the kingdom with me. This, is, this Sermon on the Mount has not been only an exercise in making us feel horrible about ourselves, that we don't measure up. Now that happens when we look at kingdom values and kingdom ways, we recognize very quickly, man, I fall short. This is an inside out kind of kingdom I and mean, God expects my heart to take shape in a certain way. Man, I fall short. Yeah, that happens. I mean, when we look at Jesus's kingdom, we can't help but say, my goodness gracious, I am not there. I'm a sinful, broken purpose, a person. But that, that's not the heart and beckoning of Jesus. His, his heart is, live the kingdom with me. Live the kingdom. This is what the kingdom looks like. He's invited us to a real inside out, countercultural, countercultural out there, and even countercultural within religious life. He's called us to be salt and light to that kind of kingdom living. He has said, Live this life with me. Jesus, along the way in this Sermon on the Mount, he's been like the most inspiring coach. Have you ever had like a really inspiring coach that's willing to say the tough stuff in your life? that he's your greatest champion and advocate. He wants you to win that race. He wants you to get better. That's Jesus. He's like, the, he's like the coolest, most inspiring teacher and mentor in your life that believes you have value and worth and says, you can do this. Live this life with me. Let me encourage you and motivate you all along the way. In fact, in some ways, he's kind of like that, that best friend that you can always go to that can give you the wisdom that you need to navigate the things that you face. Now, we know he's more than those things. But Jesus' voice in the Sermon on the Mount is, live this kingdom life with me. It's absolutely essential. Last week, he, he drew the line in the sand, remember? For those of you in the room, I said this was, was Jesus' line in the sand moment. He says, you live in a, in a world where the gate to the kingdom seems so small because no one's seeking it. They're enamored by so many other things. He's saying, will you seek the kingdom? He says, will you even choose the kingdom? Even, even though the kingdom path is a hard path, will you choose the kingdom? That line in the sand moment where Jesus has been saying all along, you're gonna have to choose the kingdom. Will you live the kingdom with me? This week, he's asking us another question. Last week is, will you, you have a choice to make to live the kingdom or not live the kingdom. This week, the question is, 
Will you be discerning in a world of words? And the truth that you allow to shape your life. When I was in student ministry, I took a group of students um, to Greece on a mission trip. Y'all are doing that next year, by the way. Just kidding. You're not going to Greece. Are they going to Greece? He's like, make it happen. Um, so we're actually on our way out. We've spent a week in, in Athens, uh, Thessaloniki. Now we're in Athens. We're on our way to get on a flight into New York. Now we're, we have like a six hour layover. We get off our initial flight, we're in the Athens airport, and the whole team disperses. Some people go to the bathroom, some people are like, we're gonna go to the shop, some people are just gonna find a seat and sit down. So everyone kind of disperses. And one of my students, his name's Chris, he heard over the loudspeaker, flight to New York is boarding now at gate 13. Please make your way to gate 13. We're flying to New York, but we have a five-hour layover. He makes his way through security, passport check, goes all the way to gate 13, gets on the jetway to board the plane, and finally someone looks at his boarding pass and says, this is not your flight to New York City. It wasn't discerning wasn't discerning. He just heard these words and he heard New York City and he's like, that's me. He had, to, he had to stay the whole time by himself at gate 13 for five hours. Now, luckily his mom was part of our, our leadership team and she went back with him. But Jesus says, I need you to be discerning of the words that you hear and you receive in this world. You need to discern. You need to beware. You need to watch for those false prophets. Now, there were no contemporary recognized prophets of the day, but there were plenty of people that were saying they were speaking the truth. In fact, there were probably many people that were claiming to speak truth on behalf of God. Leadership of the day, Jesus had a lot of say about them. But the point is this, is that we live in a world then and now that's full of words that says over and over again, either explicitly or implicitly, trust what we say. Believe me, believe me. These words offer you wisdom, they teach you. And Jesus is asking you the question, will you be discerning? In fact, he's saying you must be discerning in a world of words. You must weigh the words in the world in which we live. You have to be discerning. And these words come from real people to whom we have given permission to shape our lives by their words and ideas. And sometimes you don't even know when it's happening. It's not like, oh, she signed a contract. Okay, I give you permission and I give you, no, it just happens, right? We live in a world of words and ideas all the time from social media to the classroom to friendships uh, to the adults in your life. It's, it's in a, a world of words. We, it just happens without us being aware. And Jesus is saying, you need to be aware. Be discerning, be watchful. Weigh those words, test those words, Friends, TV personalities, colleagues or teachers, political figures, celebrities, even pastors, saying, weigh the words. 
Weigh the words. And there's a reason he says that we must weigh the words. He says this in verse 15. Beware, be discerning of false prophets, those who claim to speak on behalf of God, who come disguised as harmless sheep, but are really vicious wolves. Right? They, they are ravenous. There's a violence a part of them that reaps destruction. He says, words are very dangerous. These people in this world of words, you must be discerning because some of them are very, very dangerous. They look cuddly and lovely. They come across as the truth, but they really bring destruction. Watch out for them. Beware, be discerning. So how do you know? How do you know what to look for? How, how can you discern between someone that is actually giving you truth and, and someone who is a ravenous wolf? Well, he speaks very plainly. He uses a very simple metaphor of good trees and bad trees and good fruit and bad fruit. He says in verse 16, you can be discerning. You can identify them by their fruit. That is, by the way they act. Does, does their behavior match what they say? Or what kind of fruit do their words reap? He says, can you pick grapes from a thorn bush or figs from thistles and a good tree produces good fruit and a bad tree produces, I mean, this is all like simple stuff, like, I mean, we, we're not too much in an agrarian culture. Um, so a few of you maybe have grown up on a literal farm, but most of us just go in and buy fruit and vegetables in the grocery store. We think things are always in season, you know, um, but they got this. This was a very simple truth. When you plant a fig tree, you expect to get fig trees. And if it doesn't produce fruit, it's not providing you income, then you get rid of that tree or prune it or figure out how it can actually produce fruit. Jesus is being very, very simple. The way we figure out whether or not we can trust the words, uh, the, war, the, uh, the world of worlds, uh, words around us is by the fruit that those words bear. And if it's good words, if it's true words, they will yield good fruit. Now, I happen to think that when Jesus is talking about fruit, he's taking us back to the beginning of this sermon in Matthew chapter five, verses one through 12, when he lists, anyone know what that list is called? Say it louder. The Beatitudes, right? Where he talks about the values of the kingdom. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for they shall... Thank you. We, we know the list. We know the list. And I'm pretty sure, I think when Jesus is thinking about good and bad fruit, he's, he's pointing back to that. Good fruit is when we embody a poor spirit, when we recognize our need for God's redemption and grace in our life. We're not, we don't go walk around thinking, I'm okay. Bad fruit says, I'm fine. I don't need to ask for forgiveness. I don't need to come to you and say sorry. Bad fruit isn't mourning over the brokenness of our world. Bad fruit isn't humble, it's prideful. And so we know what to look for, it's in the list, it's in the Beatitudes. Or how do we discern what is good fruit and bad fruit? We go check out the Beatitudes. How do you know when you have, been, you have given someone permission to shape your life by your words? 
because you begin to think and speak and act just like them. Y'all know this reality. Y'all know this. All of us, students and adults, over a period of time when we're around certain people, we start picking up the phrases and words that they use. Have you ever noticed that? Ever noticed that? Now, now I grew up on the international mission field in West Africa, and I always give my mom a hard time about this, but I do it too. But when you're in another culture and you're speaking to this person from, let's just say, Togo, and, and they're learning how to speak English and, and you're trying to communicate to them, you kind of take on their accent as if that's going to help them understand you any better. You know what I'm saying? Um, I, uh, I heard, I, I was on the phone with my mom um, yesterday and I heard her talking to some Kenyans in the background. She was just talking to me in her American Mississippian accent. The moment she switched to speaking to a Kenyan, it took on this Kenyan-esque type of accent. But the point is, is that we tend unknowingly take on the accents and the words. We begin to think and behave like the people around us. We, it just happens, it just happens. And Jesus says, be discerning. What's the fruit of those words? What's the fruit of those values and actions that you have just taken on because you've been around that particular world of words? We know them by their fruit. You know who the first false prophet was? Anyone want to take a guess? First false prophet. Serpent in the garden. What did he say? Did God really say that? Did God really say that? Don't you know if you eat of this fruit, you're just gonna become just like God? They already were like God. They were made in God's image. But the serpent said, I know what's true. What was the result of those words? Separation. Shame. When God presented himself in the garden, what was Adam and Eve doing? They were hiding. Why are you hiding from me? They're scared, full of shame and guilt. Ultimately, death. That's what Jesus is saying here. Watch for the fruit. And the bad fruit never changes. The result of bad fruit is, is always gonna be the same. Shame, separation, death. Watch for that. Do the ideas and words that we can just take on, do they bring life and unity? Do they embody the values of the kingdom or they just result in separation and death, pride, fear? Jesus is be discerning. Measure those words, test those words, beware of words that bring discussion, destruction. Listen, if we're not discerning, discerning of the world of words in our life, the outcome is dire. He says in verse 19, so every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Jesus is serious. Jesus is serious. Live the kingdom. Live the kingdom. Choose the hard path. Follow me. 
Because if you just buy into every word and idea that our world has to offer, you could find yourself on the road to destruction. Test it, be discerning, be discerning. The second thing that kind of happens in this text, um, and I think Jesus knew this. I think he knew he was, he was not only instructing them, teaching them to beware of the words out there, but I think he also knew that the moment he started talking about good and bad fruit, what happens? You start looking here. I think Jesus wants people to be watchful, and I think he also wants them to look at their own life. What kind of fruit? What kind of fruit is, is reaping in my own life, is producing in my own life? I think that's what would probably would have happened to his listeners. Immediately they, were, they had a gut check in their own life. But here's the thing, even with all the hard words in this passage, even with the gut check and looking at our own life, Jesus is telling us once again, more than any other person in the universe, he's saying, I, I desire and long for you to live a fruitful life. This isn't just Jesus' judge. One day he will come as judge when he returns, but right now Jesus is saying, we'll, my, my longing for you is to have a fruitful life where you live, live the kingdom and you embody the values of the kingdom more and mo- more over the course of the, your life, that you become more meek and more kind, that you lay down pride, that you have a clear recognition of your own desperation and need for God along the way, that you seek him, that you keep on seeking him. He longs for that in you. He really wants you to live this kingdom and he again is your greatest advocate and champion. He's your greatest mentor and teacher. He's, he, is, he is your divine GPS system that you can never go without. I mean, how many of you use your GPS system all the time? I use it all the time. All of us do. We don't even know how to use maps anymore. We just listen to that voice and watch the little screen. But, but that's what Jesus is saying. Listen, let me be that for you. I want you to be a fruitful life. And the only way you can have a fruitful life is to receive my words and my ways. You've heard it said, but hear me say, will you believe what I say? Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. I read this last week, but I want you to hear it again this week. And some of you maybe for the first time. Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Verse 29, he says, take my yoke upon you. So removing the yoke of the world in which we live and our own sin and brokenness. And he says, I want you to take my yoke on me. Then he says this, let me teach you, or some translation says, learn from me. Learn from me. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. Let me teach you. Isn't that awesome? Jesus says, more than anything, I want you to live the kingdom, be fruitful in your life. I want you to find joy in kingdom ways. 
I want you to live out the kingdom as you love God and you love other people and you pour yourself out for others and, and you live without shame or fear. I want that for you. I want you to know freedom. Will you let me teach you how to do that? Will you let me teach you? For many of you, Jesus is your savior, but is he your teacher? Are you traveling with Jesus? Are you seeking him and all the other points along the way? How do I do that, Jesus? How do I navigate this friendship when they have said such hurtful things about me behind my back? How do I navigate this decision when I know I don't have the grade that I need, but there's a simple way for me to get out of that? How do I navigate that? You guys are navigating so much. You're in a world of words that's vying for your attention at every corner, the corner seen and the corner unseen, but will, will you let Jesus be your teacher? Will you keep seeking him so that he can guide you into the kingdom, how to live out kingdom life? John 15, verses one through eight. Jesus continues with this metaphor. Listen to this, listen to what Jesus says about fruitfulness. He says, I'm the true grapevine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so that they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I've given me, given you remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine. I am the teacher. I am the way. I am the life. I am the truth. And you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will, will produce much fruit from apart from me. You can do nothing. Jesus, I, I want you to have a fruitful life. Will you let me be your God? Will you let me be your teacher? Will you sink your roots deep into Jesus, abiding in him, the true vine? A little exercise to wrap things up this morning. I want you to take a moment and I want you to ask the Lord to show you good fruit in your life. I want you to identify what is some good fruit in my life right now? Remember, the Beatitudes are your guide. Where is there good fruit? Take a moment just to think about that. If, if you can identify one or two things where you see good fruit, say thank you to the Lord for doing that work of gardening and pruning. Say thank you. The other question I want you to ask is this. Jesus desires for you to bear fruit. But when you look at that list of the Beatitudes of poor in spirit and meekness and humility and hunger and thirsting after righteousness, 
having a pure heart. Uh, what, is some, what is some fruit you would like to see in your life after looking at that list? Where do you want to grow? How do you want to grow? Jesus is our greatest advocate in fruitfulness. Give those to him. Ask him, Lord, shape my life. Help me and teach me how to abide in you, to keep seeking you in your word, to surround myself with people that will speak life into me. Ask him, Lord, grow those one or two things in my life. God's grace is such that kingdom fruitfulness can begin from right, right where you are. Let me say that again. God's grace is such that kingdom fruitfulness, what Jesus has been advocating for in your life, can begin from right where you are. I say that because I know there are several people in this room that say there's no way, not with all the bad fruit in my life. I just got too much. God's grace is sufficient for you in that through the work of Jesus, we can know forgiveness for all the bad fruit And Jesus says, I'm gonna take you from right where you are and I'm gonna help you sink your your roots deep into me. And you just watch and see the fruit that I can produce. From right where you are, will you allow Jesus to be your teacher? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for uh, your word, um, your truth, Help us to be discerning, all of us, in this world of words, to watch for good fruit and to give ear to those who speak fruitful words. Lord, help us to love your son, help us to trust him, and help us to give ourselves to him as our teacher and guide to live the kingdom life. In Jesus' name we pray and all God's people said, amen.